Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. It's pretty good. That's a good guess for some Stone Cold Steve Austin music. I like this. Well, he is the new one, so if, like, is the that, Jezzer exactly. was in the ring, yeah. he's down. Oh, no, Corey here Jez is out. Down! Oh, my yeah. God, it's Tom Hammerstrom. Yeah, it's kind of the way it's working around here nowadays. Uh, joining us now is the newest member of the Blazer Broadcasting team, Tom Habistro. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Habistro. And, Tom, thanks. is it okay if we introduce you as the Blazer nerd? Is that offensive? Are you okay mm. with that label? If you smell, <laughs> sorry, I was doing a rock impression. That was so good. Old Steve Austin. Were you a um, rock or Stone Cold guy back in the day? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I was, I was the rock. Yeah, I was the uh, the Brahma Bull. Uh, I think Stone Cold was a jabroni in my in my book. <laughs> yes, I think you got that right. Who didn't want to people's elbow their little brother in their living room, just jumping over him and landing a square one in the chest and sending a statement like, you don't mess with this guy. I am I am looking at the window right now on this hit with my eyebrow raised, just like The Rock, what? and I am. I'm hearkening back to my childhood watching Raw and watching Stone Cold and Triple H and uh, and The Rock and all, all X-Pac and D-Generation X. Yes. That was my heyday. So the fact that you brought me in with Stone Cold music, <laughs> I am, I'm in love with this show. I'm just telling you right off the bat. Yes, you can call me anything you want, nerd, Great. Uh, whatever you want, now that you brought me in with some WWF. Tom, Tom, how many middle schools in America hated that era because we were all walking around our halls telling our teachers suck to it. suck it? You know what I mean? Just doing the DX thing. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I remember just – I have two older brothers, and we almost had, like, fights just based on the fact that they were stone cold or they were uh, – uh, you know, like, basically there were rivalries within the house. And, my, you know, my dad, he would, like – walk into the room and do the thing like, oh, you guys are watching WWF. Oh, this is such garbage. But seriously, uh, what's what's going on here? I, I kind of want to see. This is so and, dumb. And it's, just like, it's like when I watch The Bachelor with my wife. Uh, slash, I don't watch The Bachelor. Of course not. Um, I'm just like walking into the room like, oh, you're still watching this trash. And then I'm just, I'm locked in. So, uh, 
Yeah, I hope this was a good um, a good introduction for myself to the audience here. I love it, man. This is so I, we could just talk wrestling with you the entire interview if you want because I'm having a lot of fun with this. Tom Habistrow is our guest. He's the new Blazer Analytics Insider, and uh, you're going to see him on the broadcast popping up and giving some numbers. Can I ask you a non basketball analytics question, Tom? Because we have been debating now mm. for two days the idea of going forward on fourth down in college football and in the NFL. Oregon made some calls on Saturday. They end up losing the game. Last night, the Chargers did it. They end up losing the game. When you hear this, like, analytics stuff in other sports, I don't know how closely you follow it outside of basketball, but there's a lot of, like, ah, the nerds are winning, the nerds are taking over. Just the general role that analytics plays in sports and and not just fourth down uh, calls, but in sports in general. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with reframing what a uh, punt is. It is an intentional turnover. I mean, you're throwing an interception for 60 yards and intentionally turning the ball over. And I think when we talk about those decisions, we have to keep in mind, like a punt is a coward move. I think it's a coward move. I think we should incentivize teams to go for it on fourth down and try to win, try to win games that way. It seems like it's the most competitive thing you can do is to go for it on fourth down. Of course, when it's a plus EV play, meaning expected value plus expected value play. I don't know the exact specifics on the Oregon and Chargers calls here, but I will say that um, it's a culture issue. We have this in basketball with the three-point shot, uh, two-for-ones. We have it with you know ch- uh, tanking for draft picks. It is a culture change. And for 50 years in the NBA, the reason why three-pointers didn't catch on is because they knew the math. They just didn't want to be the first ones to do it. They didn't want to be the first ones to listen to the math. And then here comes the Golden State Warriors. Here comes the Houston Rockets who won 60-plus games. And suddenly everyone now is shooting three-pointers because it meant that it won more games. And I know it's so tough with fourth-down conversions when they don't work out. It is such a terrible feeling in the same way that when you make a – a good bet you go all in on pocket aces and it and it you lose pre-flop or whatever it is that really hurts but the odds are still the odds and i think in general analytics uh gets a bad rap uh it feels inhumane it feels like it's not it doesn't have any emotion involved what it is it's just making a bet and in the long run i think those bets will pan out and when they don't pan out it hurts but so does punting man punting <laughs> just stinks I'm so out on punting. It's such a cowardly move for a game that's so masculine and and tough and just beefy and all this stuff. Like, punting is the most cowardly thing. I'm sorry. I'm just so over that. No, that's okay. We love it. Uh, we debate this topic all the time, but I love that you brought the noise with it. I, I, I will I add. I love the pocket aces reference, though. That's Because yeah. like, you can lose that hand. It wasn't the right. It wasn't like it was a bad call to go all in. True. But sometimes you have three of a kind beats here. So my only, my only beef right now in the basketball world with analytics, because I want to ask you an analytics-based question, but my only thing oh, about analytics. It's anal- not the only beef. Don't, don't lie. Don't lie to me. It's no, you're right. Beef. There's I'm- probably other things. You're not wrong there. But the one thing that bothers me, this isn't even analytics' fault. It's the narrative of percentages for players. I used to be a big fan of the end of the quarter halftime shot in hopes that they'd randomly make it as I watch. And now all these players, you talk about cowards. Basketball players are cowards. They won't shoot the shot because they know they probably won't make it, and they don't want their percentages changed. And I hate that. It bothers me. Always hoist it up. You never know if it's going to go in. But I am curious. You're really analytically driven. 
How often do you see analytic models or numbers with teams and pace? You talked about the Blazers yesterday on the pregame of their pace. How often do you look at numbers, Tom, and you just go, no, no, I, I refuse to believe that this is true about this or a team. How often are you battling analytics even for yourself? Well, I, I just want to say that analytics in my book is simply defined as the study of what wins. Okay, you're studying what wins. And sometimes models, analytical models, will say Hassan Whiteside is the 25th best player in NBA history based on his player efficiency rating, which is, I think, just about statistically true. Or like like if you look at Hassan Whiteside's PER, his player efficiency rating, it's one of the top 50 in NBA history. And that's analytics, right? That's a form of analytics. There's another form of analytics or another metric that you can go to that says Hassan Whiteside is nowhere near that, that he's a replacement-level player, and that there are two different models that point to the same player having wildly different um, value for basketball teams. So I'm, I'm, I know that the knee-jerk reaction is to look at one model and say, oh, this is trash. There's no way that this is worth anything. I, I hate analytics. But it's just like any, any other thing where you're, you're evaluating what you see on TV. You're evaluating what you see with your eyes. That's information. You're taking this information in different forms. And it's no different than if you go buy a car and you, go, you say, oh, this car goes zero to 60. It's the best car on the road. And then you look at other measurements of the car and you're like, wait a minute. We should probably check that. There's different ways to value NBA players. And one of the ways that I like to look at it is the ones that have the most predictive value, meaning – if you basically take the metric and say, all right, I'm going to predict this season based on these individual metrics. You put all these player values. How much is DeAndre Ayton worth? How much is Jaden Sharp worth? Anthony Simons? And then in five, in five months, we look back and say, which model did best? So there's a model that I really like. It's called estimated plus minus EPM, which you can find on dunks and threes. That historically has done really good at prediction. PER was really good 30 years ago. It's not so great right now, hmm. but there are still metrics that people um, lean on that are kind of outdated. And so I think we should be careful about which metrics we point to. That's why I'm here to help people along, which ones are the good ones, which ones are a little bit outdated. But more to your points, your original point, I love end of quarter heaves just like you. I love them. <laughs> it is such a plus play. And the whole idea that I've been proposing is that the league – actually does not count field goal attempts at the end of quarters in the same way that they don't count it when you get fouled. You know, when you get fouled, mm-hmm. they don't count the, free, the field goal attempt. We should do the same thing for end of quarter heaves because we should incentivize players from doing the heaves. Luka Doncic loves this. Chris Paul loves doing it. And I'm absolutely on board with any way to get more end of quarter heaves. I'm not just saying this because we became bros over the wrestling conversation, but this has been really fun because you're I, a lot of this stuff goes over my head. I'm an idiot, and you're doing a really good job like framing things in a way that I can and, – and analogies in the ways that I can understand it. So tip of the cap to you, Tom, and it's going to be fun to watch you on the broadcast all year. I will be honest with you as well that it's preseason basketball, and I have my limits on what I can watch and what I can follow. Uh, so I watch a little bit of the first half of the first game, but it's, you know, it's football season. That's kind of our MO right now. We're all eager for the Blazers to start. Just what has stood out to you, and what have you what have you seen so far that you like, dislike? I hear Kamara's the new Scottie Pippen. What's standing out to you? Scottie Pippen, I would say Michael Jordan. I mean, you're selling yes. him short with Scottie Pippen comparisons, to be honest. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> awesome. He's been great. Tamani Kamara 
is not a household name, but I think uh, Blazers fans will love this guy. He plays really hard. He's tall. He's big. He can shoot. He can defend. He's kind of a fan. He's kind of like a cult favorite, uh, someone who fits that profile of a, a second-round pick, a rookie who just plays his heart out. I love his profile. You know, this. I get excited, too, when he makes a block at the rim last night that just you don't see rookies make with that kind of confidence and strength. But he is, you know, he's 23 years old. He's a guy who's, who's older as a rookie than you might find. And, and, you know, Shaden's still 20. He's younger than Brandon Miller, who's the number two pick for the Charlotte Hornets. You can still think of Shea as, as basically a rookie right now because he's that young. Um, but more to your point about, you know, preseason, what stood out, it's that we haven't really seen much. Look, we haven't got Rob Williams the third at all this preseason. Mm-hmm. We've seen only two games, about 40 minutes worth of DeAndre Ayton, and what we've seen is really good. DeAndre Ayton is kind of in the same mold of Lowry Markkinen from last year, the, the most improved player can, uh, winner from uh, the Utah Jazz who got traded in the offseason. Um, and not, may, not many people paid attention to Markkinen, but he had a huge breakout season. DeAndre Ayton well, I'm not predicting him to win most improved player of the year. That's a really uh, a lot of ex- expectations to put on him. But when he's on the floor, the defense looks great. Like DeAndre Ayton looks really good defensively. He's got a lot more energy. When he's on the floor, the, the, uh, the Blazers allow just 92 points per 100 possessions, which is 14 points better every 100 possessions than what they were uh, the entire preseason where they're allowing 106 points per 100 possessions. So DeAndre Ayton, when he's on the floor – this looks like a very competitive team, a team that can win a bunch of games this year. When he's not on the floor, when Rob Williams the third is not on the floor, it looks like it's a bunch of young guys who haven't really played together, and that's because that's what they are. So defense is a lot about um, you know basket protection, a, a lot about veteran poise, knowing where to be. And DeAndre Ayton's been in the NBA Finals as a 22-year-old. He knows what it takes to win at the highest levels. Whether he can do it every single night – like the, the Blazers will expect him to, just he is he is a big-name player. We'll see. But this team, the Blazers, are young, and they also have some nice veteran pieces in DeAndre Ayton and Malcolm Brogdon. So they can win, I think, a whole bunch of games. And I see a lot of national guys who are picking the over on them, and I get it. If Malcolm Brogdon and, and Anthony Simons uh, come together and DeAndre Ayton and Jeremy Grant, that's a winning team. That's a really good team. they got to stay healthy and they got to defend. Hmm. Uh, would you bet on the Milwaukee Bucks to win the title this year? Ooh, if Chris Middleton is healthy, yeah. So much depends on his health. I would probably go the under on their wins in the regular season. I'm actually going to write a column about this at TomTheFinder.com where I write uh, you know, nationally about the NBA. This is uh, Milwaukee Bucks. They're built for the postseason. Like I think they're going to try to take care of Damian Lillard's health going forward. Um, and I think they're going to try to make sure he's healthy for the postseason, which is really what they got him for, is to win a championship. And the same reason why Damian Lillard wanted to be um, in, a, in a championship uh, you know, mindset is that he wants to get that first ring. And so I think they're going to try to preserve him and Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo and make sure that they're healthy for the postseason. So I think they're a solid bet to win it all. Um, so much has to go right for their for the health, but that's true for every NBA team. I I, I actually like their odds better than uh, you know, let's say the Los Angeles Lakers or the Clippers or some other teams that have a lot of um, big name value. I think the Milwaukee Bucks will be really really good this year, but it depends on Chris Middleton.
That was awesome. He gave that interview the people's elbow. I think that's official. Oh, Tom yeah. Habistro is now a fan favorite in Rip City, and you can see him on the broadcast all season long. He's their new analytics insider. Go give him a follow on Twitter at Tom Habistro and TomTheFinder.com is where you can find the rest of his work. Thanks so much for the time out here in Portland, man, and for jumping on. Can't wait to see you on the broadcast throughout the year, and hopefully we can do this again soon. You got it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 